It's wonderful that we are looking into our study of God's Word. We are looking into the person of Jesus Christ. And uh, before we go further, I would like to acknowledge our dear friends, those who are here first time. I'm seeing you. Thank you for coming. God bless you as you are with us. Uh, We are looking into the doctrines of Jesus Christ, doctrine of Christ, who Christ is, who Christ is. John has written so beautifully in John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That explains everything. In the beginning was the word and then that word which John is talking about In chapter 1, verse 14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And John, after 95, in 1895, he looked back and he said, We beheld his glory, the glory of God, full of truth and grace. That's what he's talking about. And uh, Jesus Christ is the central figure in the human history. He is... The word of God, he is the God's son. What a privilege to know him, to know him. So Jesus Christ came into this world in a human flesh and he voluntarily lay aside his independency in order to empty himself so we might be filled With his goodness, we might be filled, and I'm going to talk in details later on. So hold on to that. So when we talk about the word became flesh, and we call Christmas, joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king. That Jesus Christ, the infinite God became finite. Can you comprehend? The infinite God became finite. Invisible became visible. That which was transcendent became imminent. That which was beyond the reach, now we can reach him. Now we can reach him. What a privilege, what a privilege. When we say the Lord, the word became flesh, we say that God became man. As a man, he was holy, undefiled, separate from sin. Separate from sin. And uh, the two union of the, uh, sorry, the union of the two natures on the person of Jesus Christ is one of the mysteries of our faith, of our faith. Paul later on writes in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 And this is what he said. And without controversy, great is the mysteries of Godhead. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in this world, received up in the glory. That says everything about the incarnation. That says everything about the incarnation. Uh, back in that, uh, when we had a church, I took the whole series about 
dividing one person one after the other what is the controversy the grace the mystery of god the god was manifested in the flesh then one sec- one one sunday then justified in the spirit what does it mean seen of the angels what does it mean preach unto the gospel unto the gentile what does it mean and the believed by god believed by everybody what is the other one that is so wonderful you know my friends when we say that the word became flesh three ends three ends he accomplished three ends he accomplished number one we already saw last sunday i'm just uh, going through uh, uh, what we did last time the word being made flesh first it was now possible for jesus to die because the bible says without shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin bible says the soul who sin must die and bible says that um, the wages of sin is death and god in finite knowing that we cannot accomplish our salvation by our own good works so he made the plan for us because he loved us so much that he gave his only son jesus christ second second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 i'm going very fast my wife is putting fingers so but you know i have so limited time i wish i have more time to give you all i so much to give you in that 40 minutes is very hard and i don't want to unjust god's word because god's word is holy and it in it to be handled correctly and i want i'm very very particular about that handling the bible correctly because i have to give an account to him i have to give an account to him i'm responsible your blood on before him so bear with me if i f- go fast if you don't follow please come to me i will more than happy to explain to you okay that that's the deal uh i don't what i was talking about okay well when he was made flesh now it was it is is now god it is now it is jesus to die for our sin praise god for the word of god secondly he can now touch with the infirmities of god if god is up in heaven we would never comprehend or he would never understand what is we are going through he came to experience everything so when you are hurting there is someone he is a high priest before god who can understand us understand us when you lose your loved ones he understands what you are going through when you are going through the trials he was tried in every way he understand us so you can run into according to hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 you can run into him and find your strength and refuge in him that's the lord so he can be touched with the infirmities now and thirdly what a glorious jesus that he has left an example he did not leave us on the cross road and he said the light is on go your own way he went ahead of us and he has left an example for us follow me follow me that is our lord jesus christ that is the person and the glory of jesus christ when we say the incarnation does not mean that god dwelt in man but god became man god became man well uh there are many aspects we consider about that and one of the aspect we consider he emptied himself he emptied himself paul writes 
in Philippians chapter 2 verse 16, he said, even though he was God, he did not consider equality with God something to understand. Can you fathom that according to KKGV, he made himself of no reputation. Friends, we are living in a time everybody wants to go on a higher ground. Higher ground. If they are, going, if they are getting $50,000, they want to get $75,000. If they get $75,000, they want to get $100,000. Everybody wants to go up. Nobody wants to come down. If somebody, if the, if the uh, I, I use example, uh, Gypsy, the teacher. If the school superintendent says, Gypsy, you're going, to give, you're going to get this year $75,000. And Gypsy says, well, that's too much. Can you give me 50? <laughs> that is what the Lord did it. Even though he was reputable, yet he became unreputable. Something to grasp. Something to understand. He made himself of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself so we might be reputed. Oh, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? And we were looking into last Lord's Day. What did he accomplish when he became, when he emptied himself? What does it mean? What does it mean when he became unreputable? What it means to us as we look back? He emptied himself. Number one. Number one. He temporarily took off himself of his divine glory. Think about that. Think in the presence of God as you're sitting what it means to take off. Like I'm taking off my jacket and laying aside. He took off the glory and came down as nothing. Why? So we become something in the kingdom of heaven. Can you fathom this? He took off. In the upper room before he went to the cross, in a high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, and verse 1, 2, 1, 5, and 24, this is what Jesus says, Father, the hour is come. All this time Jesus said, the hour has not come, hour is not come. You remember in John chapter 2 when Mary told, they don't have the wine, and what did Jesus say, my hour has not come. And now he said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify, which I share the glory with you. Glorify me so I can glorify you. Father, glorify. He took off everything. The Son of God forsook the worship of the angels in heaven. And he Submitted to the misunderstanding of this world. So when you are misunderstood by the people, you can look to, the Jesus, look to Jesus Christ. He understands what you're going through. 
He understood. He misunderstood. He was misunderstood. He accepted. He submitted to the misunderstanding, denials, unbelief, false accusations, every reviling, every sort of reviling, persecutions by the sinful, the wicked man. He gave up all the bright, uh, shining brilliance of heaven to suffer the agonizing death on the cross. His own brother did not understand. Oh. The glimpses of glory were seen in the miracles of Jesus performed. And what did Paul say? Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Oh, friends, it is hard to understand. Let this mind be in you. You know, friends, when the mind of Christ comes in us, what happens? We become the living, living litter of heaven. And people read us. As in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3 and 4, you read this unhindered called apostles. And what did they find? Only one thing I just impressed me. They had been with Jesus Christ. Wow, what a testimony. They had been with Jesus Christ. When you leave the church Sunday, when you go to the neighbor's, and they would look and say, hey, they had been with Jesus. Look at them. Look at the glory. That's what the Lord would like to read from you. So, that is first thing. Secondly, when he emptied himself, he left his independent divine authority. Oh, just unbelievable. That's unbelievable. The operation of the Trinity is the, one of the great mysteries Within the Godhead, there is perfect harmony and agreement in every possible way. Jesus unambiguously stated his full equality with the Father when he declared, I and Father are one. I and Father are one. Jesus exempted, expected himself, oh, sorry, he emptied himself of independent divine authority. And you know, friends, what did Jesus say? For I came not to do will of mine, but will of my Father. And oh, beloved, what John chapter 4 verse 40 says, My meat is to do the will of my Father. You know, my friends, when I told last Sunday, remember? Last Sunday I told, when he was tempted in the Wilderness. And what did Satan come and tell him? Say, if you are the son of God, okay? That means, since you are the son of God, turn this stone into the bread. What was tempting? What was the temptation was? He was tempting Jesus to act independently of the Father. So ultimately, he is, Satan will gain power over Christ. Because he is now dictating Jesus rather than having order from Jesus to follow up. If you are, if since you are God, since you are God, why don't you turn this stone and make the bread? Because you are hungry, you are a man, eat. And what did Jesus say? Man shall not live by. You can come and preach now. It's wonderful. 
wonderful to know that this is what he emptied, his divine authority. Thirdly, this is what I'm going to emphasize. Jesus emptied himself of the voluntary exercise of the sum of the divine attributes. Now, God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. Okay? And you see that, but, divine, but Jesus left some, and then, then you can see that, what I'm going to say, you can agree with me. He did not stop being omnipotent, all-powerful God. Because he, who can raise dead person to life? Not man. Who can forgive sin? Not man. Who can heal? Not man. Who can touch the leprous and heal him? Not man. So there you have a power of God in Christ Jesus. Okay? There you see that we have absolutely power of Jesus Christ. You know, another thing you know that. When John the Baptist introduced Jesus Christ, and in John chapter 1 verse 29 says, And behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. Andrew and John, they were there. When they were disciples of John the Baptist. When John the Baptist introduced, Behold the, Lamb God, Behold the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. They both, Andrew and John, they left. And they followed Jesus Christ. Get this idea. That picture is in your mind. And then Andrew went and told Peter. And then he went and told his friend Nathaniel. Remember? In John chapter 1 verse 45. Verse 47, he said, we have found the Messiah. And what Nathaniel says, can any good thing come from? Nazareth. Can any good thing come from the Nazareth? Well, lo and behold, Jesus meets Nathaniel. By the way, Nathaniel's name was Bartholomew, okay? That's another name of Nathaniel. So Nathaniel met, Jesus meets Nathaniel. And what did Jesus say to Nathaniel? He said, this is Israelites. And in him there is no deceit. He reads the heart. There is no deceit. In John chapter 1 verse 45. And then 147 he says, Before you were there, you were sitting under the fig tree. I saw you. <laughs> that is my Jesus, my friends. When you are sitting in the house of God, he knows what is going in your heart. You know why? Because he is God. And you are sitting in his presence. You cannot hide. You cannot hide. But, you know, he, he limited himself. Now, what do I mean by limited himself? Well, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, yet he confessed that the exact time of his return of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son of God, not the Son of Man, but the Father only. That is a limitation. That is a limitation. Unbelievable. This is my Jesus. This is my Jesus. Fourthly, 
When he emptied himself, he emptied from eternal riches. Oh, this is another mind-boggling thought. Paul, as he was writing to the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, this is another verse to memorize. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9, and Paul writes, and listen to this, Ye know the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so out of his poverty you might become rich. Ye know, Paul writes, ye know the riches of my Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, Yet he became poor. Why? Why? So the children of the dust, you and me, the children of damnation, you and me, children who are on the way to hell, you and me, children under whom it was written, curse. He has lifted up everything. And he made us rich. Though he was rich, yet he became poor. So we might become rich. You know, uh, what, 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 what the richness he offered us, my friends. I want to write down, write down this. He made us rich in salvation. Oh, oh, beloved. Salvation of the past, salvation of the present, and salvation of the future. What do I mean by? Salvation means the penalty of sin he took upon himself. Salvation of the present, now we have a power of the Holy Spirit who leads us always triumphantly. That is salvation. He delivers us from the power of sin. Therefore, those who are in Christ Jesus, for them there is hope. Salvation of the past, penalty is gone, no more penalty hanging on us. He took upon himself, he was cursed, he was abused, he was everything he did in the past. Now we don't have to go through. Hallelujah. Number one, secondly, no power of sin is there, but he delivers us because the one who dwells in us is the greatest than the one who is in the world. In the world there were arm of flesh, but for us the army of God, hallelujah, army of flesh, the Holy Spirit dwells in us to help us. And then the salvation of the future. We shall be in the presence of God. There shall be no more sin. That's what he accomplished for us. So we are rich. And then we are rich in forgiveness. Oh, beloved, tell me, is there any religion offers forgiveness? Show me. I will tear the Bible picture, Bible pages, every page. There is not one Hindu scripture or Quran offers forgiveness. Come to the cross. As far as your east is from the west, so far he can remove your transgressions. Show me the God who died for his own subjects. Forgiveness. 
You know, my friends, when I was in seminary, I remember, I was in the choir, and we had a cantata, Christmas time. And the theme of the cantata was down from his glory. Down from his glory. What it means when he came down from glory to the gutter. Okay? I was singing. I had a missionary sitting there. I knew that missionary very well. His name is John. I interpreted for him. He was a missionary in Nagpur among the international students. When I stepped down from uh, podium, he came and hugged me. John said, Solomon, I wish that a young woman would have known forgiveness because just day before yesterday, she hanged herself because she could not be forgiven. Hallelujah. There is a forgiveness. Forgiveness. Though he was rich for us, he became poor. So we might be rich in forgiveness. We might have joy unspeakable. Beloved, those who have the spirit of Christ, joy of heaven dwells in us and we control outside, not the outside joy controls us. You understand? We control outside, not outside control us. That's why we have a joy unspeakable. In the midst of trials, we can face with smile. You know why? Because we are not alone. We have a God with us. That's why the early Christians, when they were martyred, they were stake on the, uh, they were born on the stake. They were praising the Lord. When we came to Bakerville, 2007, our son is involved with the Muslim ministry in Tampa. And the church goes to the mosque and the mosque people come to the church and they dialogue and, and then it's a wonderful story. There was a group of people in Ohio working among the international students. There was this girl from Syria came and she got involved with one of the girls who, who was involved with the Muslim ministry and she told about Jesus Christ. And she it was 20 years old and she became Christian, born again believers. She began to grow. That news went to Syria, and her father sent her brother to get her back. And she was called back. Her brother came and told in Ohio, he said, why you, became, why you left Allah? He said, I found Jesus Christ. He has forgiven my sin. He said, Daddy wants you. So she went there. This is a true story, friends, 2007. She went home, and she did not go home, but she went to the a hotel Hilton and stayed for three days and her brother came and beat her badly and then finally she was gone she went to the home she went home before she went she told her sister 15 years old he said anything happens to me I want this email address and send everything to my sister in Christ in Ohio well this is what happened she went home and her father who and mother both came forward and said, why did you turn Allah? Why did you turn from Allah? Jesus, Jesus Christ is no, he's a, he's a prophet. Allah is God. He said, no, dad, Jesus Christ, he is my God. He died for me. And then he, what happened? One after the other relatives, they were all sat there and they came and they told, deny Jesus, deny Jesus. He said, no. They took her out and they stoned her to death and they killed her. While she was, they were stoning, she was singing, praising God. 
This is, I'm talking about joy. And her sister could not believe. It says she never cursed anybody. She never cursed. And there was a smile on her face and she wrote everything to sister. And that email came to my son because that group was there. And we got the email from that. And we said, wow, this is 21st century martyrs. This is joy, my friends. This is joy. Controls outside. Not outside controls inside. And then the rest of the story goes on in a glory. He has given us all the glory and we will share one day. And the honor right now, our, when, we, when our loved ones die, oh, we lower a body and dishonor body then it will be resurrected, glorious body. That's the hope I live for, do you? Glorious body. And then, you know, my friends, Paul writes, we became joint heir. Oh, I feel like clapping. You know why? Because we share with God. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 17, please. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Romans 8, 17. If you find, read loudly because time is running out. And if children then heirs oh. of God and joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are joint heirs, my friends. We are joint heir. Like somebody is a millionaire, billionaire, and is calling you that I want you to be my joint heir. What would you do? What would you do? Heaven declares you heir of God. And then, my friends, this is beautiful, beautiful. First Peter chapter 1, verse 5. First Peter chapter 1, verse 5. That he has given us, get this word, the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ by mercy. Do we deserve? It's mercy. That's what Peter writes. That's what Peter exactly writes. That he has given us living hope. Why? What is living hope, my friends? This is a good message, Pastor Marty, for the funeral service. Living God has deposited to the believers the living hope. The living God has deposited the living hope. Are you ready? There are 10 things, 10 in living hope the Lord has deposited. Number one, 
A living hope is eternal life. The living hope is eternal life and it comes from God. Not from Washington, D.C. It comes from God. This is my word. My word is nothing. Psalm, David writes in Psalm number 43, verse 5. This is what he writes. All the verses I wrote, so you just follow me, okay? Listen very carefully. David writes, the living hope comes from God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. The living God offers hope in him. Secondly, second thing he offers, hope is the gift of God's grace. We don't deserve. We don't deserve. It is gift. Do we have the Bible verse? Yes, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 16. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 16. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation or encouragement for the purpose of strengthening and establishing the believer's possession of the redemption and good hope by his grace. So, hope, living hope is from God. Secondly, it is a gift of God's grace. We don't earn. He has this given to us. Thirdly, hope is defined by the scripture. Oh, friends, <laughs> nobody can define the hope except God and in his word. That's why, let this book should not depart from your mouth. Meditate day and night. This book will keep you away from sin or sin will keep you away from this book. The living hope comes from the scripture. Well, Paul writes in Romans chapter 15 verse 5, For whatsoever things were written before were written for our instruction, through, uh, and through instruction we have patience, encouragement of the scripture, so we might have hope. From Genesis to Revelation, we have a God of hope, every page. Fourth, fourthly, hope is reasonably reality. Hope is reasonable reality. First Peter chapter 3 verse 15, "But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh." You a reason of the hope you have with all meekness. Hope is reasonable. You can offer. We are living in a hopeless world, friends. And you are the children of hope. Fifthly, hope is secured by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hope is secure by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You remember Martha, Mary, Martha came to Jesus Christ. Where were you when we were hurting, Lord? My brother is dead. And what did Jesus say? I am the resurrection and life. 
If you believe in God, you also believe in me. Those who believe in me shall never die. You know, why did Jesus not come right away? Because he wanted to open the heaven of resurrection before the people. What a beautiful verse was given because he delayed not coming there. I'm the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies and whoever lives and believes shall not ever, never die. And what did Jesus say in John chapter 14 verse 19? Because I live, you shall live also. What a glorious God we have. What a glorious God. And you know, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17, but if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Sixthly, hope is confirmed in the Christian by the Holy Spirit. Hope is confirmed in the Christian by the Holy Spirit. That girl who was stoned to death never curse anybody because she was hoping the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Hope is confirmed in Christian by the Holy Spirit. And that's why I always, always, always say, I'm looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker. Paul writes, this is the word, in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Now the God of the hope will fill you with all joy and all peace in, in, in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, blessed people, the blessed Holy Spirit dwells in us and he confirms our hope every day. The bad news is those who do not belong to Christ have nothing to offer. Seventhly, hope defends the Christian against the Satan's attack. Hope defends the Christian against Satan's attacks. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, Paul writes, But let us who are of the day, D-A-Y, D is capital, if you read in your Bible, let us who are of the day be sober, be calm, putting on the breastplate of faith and the love and as a helmet of the hope of salvation. So when you go through, you have a hope shining. This is good word. When you go through the trials and the enemy will come behind and he say, hey, if you belong to God, why this to you? You all know, my friends, that since last four and a half years, I'm going through severe headache. 
I have seen nine neurology, nine neurologists, four pain management, and one rheumatologist, and countless therapies, name after name after name. And still my pain is standing up. People question me, said, why you are upbeat always? Do you doubt God? That why? What I answer to them, why not? If heaven has chosen me to go through, do I question God? If God has chosen me to go through this, you know what did Jesus say? Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Think about that. That was a great comfort to me. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? We live every day with that hope. No matter what comes in our life, we look beyond. Okay? That is seven. Eight. Hope is confirmed. Oh boy, time is running, Pastor Marty. Forgive me. Hope is confirmed through the trials. Romans chapter 5, verse 3, 4. I'm just running quickly. Hope produces joy. And lastly, hope is fulfilled in Christ when he returns. I'll let... Next, will, next Sunday, God willing, I'll take three in details, okay? So buckle up next Sunday. We'll see you.